You're listening to the Faithful Career Moves podcast. I'm your host, Shelley Hunter, and this is the place where we talk to people who have found the career they were born to do and recognize God's hand in the process. Welcome to episode 23 of the Faithful Career Moves podcast. Today I'm interviewing a woman who went back to get a nursing degree after raising four kids. The surprising plot twist is that she had done all of the prerequisites for nursing school before putting that goal on a shelf to dive fully into being a stay-at-home, homeschooling, all-in mom. So when she got the inkling to go back to nursing school, the groundwork had already been laid. Had she waited any longer, though, it would not have been the case. Though my brief retelling of this makes it seem easy, I was surprised to hear how many times Anne made a move only to be forced to pivot. The journey back was certainly guided and paved in many ways, but she kept hitting roadblocks that forced her to reroute, which, if you know how this podcast goes, you know those roadblocks help her get exactly where she needed to be. All right, meet Ann Nelson. She is a nurse in the newborn intensive care unit at a community hospital along California's central coast. I asked Ann to start us off with the journey. So I started my nursing school journey in 2011, but Mm -hmm. I was hired my first nursing job in 2014. So it's just now seven years since I started. So where were you before that? I met my husband at a Christian school in Watsonville, California. Mm -hmm. And as I was finishing my high school and trying to decide where I would go, Mm -hmm. the things I had in mind for a career, one was to be a physician, the other was to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. And I figured if I would at least just start, I took pretty much all of the prerequisites required, the general ed required to get into our local junior college Mm -hmm. RN program. Mm -hmm. And then Steve and I got married when we were 20. And our first two years of marriage, he finished his college at Cal Poly. And we had two kids while we were down there in those two years. Mm -hmm. So I spent the next 20 years raising my family. We went on to have two girls and we homeschooled. Um, I loved homeschooling my kids. I found myself as a homeschool director for about six years and volleyball coach. And I loved being a stay-at-home mom. I loved just every aspect of it. I was a homemaker. I loved keeping house. I I didn't love cooking, but I cooked for a larger family. And yeah. anyway, so I loved just participating in their lives and yeah. getting to raise my four kids. I love it. Girls, it seemed like a dream. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're homeschooling. You love it. What prompted you to go back to school? When my youngest daughter was 16, I originally had a school option for her where she could go half homeschool and half in classroom. And the following year, she decided her junior year of high school to go 100% to school. So for me, okay. it was like, okay, I don't have any students left. Right. <laughs> so I just thought, okay, I did all these prerequisites. I'm going to go talk to a counselor at the junior college and see what my prerequisites what the value is. And so I sat with someone and they said, you can apply to a nursing program today. And so I thought, okay, I might as well apply. So I did. And it was a three and a half year waiting list. Wow. Um, Yeah. And the interesting thing about that is today, my 25 year prerequisites would not be valid because they they're only allowing five-year-old prerequisites. Wow. So I feel like that was one of the things that was my first open door. And I just uh-huh. like got open many, many, many doors. I mean, I could 
list a hundred things that I just feel like were so ordered by uh-huh. the way God wanted to lead me into what I was called to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there was a three and a half year waiting list, but then what happened? During that three and a half years, they asked me to update my sociology classes because the culture was looking a little different 25 years later. They wanted me to take a sociology class. And then the other was not a requirement, but a recommendation to take Mm -hmm. bacteriology and physiology because those are the only two that had really changed a whole lot in 25 years. So I did. There was a lot of prep, like six months before starting, there was prep for math exams and different things. Were you nervous? I was definitely nervous. I had only held two jobs in my life before and I didn't really interview for either of them. One was working at Wendy's and one was working for my father-in-law at a research facility. So I was a little nervous, but mostly really excited. My husband has his own company and I just knew I needed something else for me. So Mm -hmm. this was more along the line of my interests and I think I have a love for it. So during that three and a half years with the waiting list, that didn't get shortcutted for you. You just had other classes and stuff that you could get current on while you waited. Is that correct? Yeah. Three and a half years felt like a very long time. And I remember thinking before I'm 45-ish and, you know, it'll be three and a half years plus the two years, you know, in five years from now, I'll be 50. And I know it'll be a whole lot of work, but I'll either be 50 with a degree or 50 without a degree. (laughs) And I'm a task-oriented person. I always need something to do. I don't very easily while away time. I just, Mm -hmm. I get into other people's business if I have too much time on my hand. (laughs) So it just was best for me to find something to keep busy with. And so I just kept heading that direction. And the Lord, like I said, kept opening the doors. Yeah. It's kind of the perfect time to get started, but at the same time, you're 50. Exactly. (laughs) So what was it like going back to school at that age? I'm 57 now. I want to say I was 46-ish when I went back to junior college. And it's probably one of the most intense things you can do. I've heard from people on all sides of all kinds of academics and Mm -hmm. such, but to have a two-year associate degree, they get a lot done in two years that sometimes in a BSN, I know a four-year degree is also equally as difficult, but I think this one's even a little bit more concentrated. Mm -hmm. So it was something that I knew that I had to be fully invested in. And Mm -hmm. I with my relationship with my husband and my kids and some of them were having kids. And I just had to talk about the idea that mom's not going to be as available as she used to be. And, you know, I'm choosing this, but I'm also asking your blessing to give me the freedom to be fully occupied in this for two Mm -hmm. years. And uh, it really was a full immersion. Um, It was hard, especially hard on my husband, who was so used to having me available all the time. And there were a few times partway through it that I would have to say, I would stop doing this today. I will call them today. I will say, I need to drop out today if it's what you want. And we would have to work through some things because it really was difficult to have somebody that you're so used to being emotionally, you know, Mm -hmm. connected with or engaged with who all of a sudden is not there. But we prayed through it. It was yeah. hard and we kept going. And um, it is the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. So you graduate and then what happens? So I graduated in 2012, 2013, January, I took my NCLEX 
and passed. And I was really happy that I decided to take it mm-hmm. as soon as possible. It, it just can be kind of a daunting test. So oh, I, yeah. a lot of people wait and study and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I got to do so it. Happy I did it right yeah. away, January. And during that year that I graduated, it was shortly after the economic downturn. So a lot of the nurses were not retiring. They had lost a lot in their 401k. So there oh. were no jobs. So as I'm graduating, I'm just thinking, great, I've done all this and I'm never going to get a job. Right. And, uh, so, and if I were to get a job, the things that were available were nights in skilled nursing facilities. And I'd never stayed up all night before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just have heard so many hard things about working in a skilled nursing facility. And I just thought, I don't yeah. know if I can do this. And one day I saw through my Facebook feed, Azusa Pacific University had an online bachelor's program. So I thought I'm going to contact. And and that's another one of those things. I feel like the Lord ordered my steps because I applied and I got in and Azusa Pacific had a current program for nurses who were new grads who could not get work. It was a, it was called a transition to practice. And Azusa Pacific is probably a seven hour drive from my house in Southern California. And most of it was online. And um, because I was a new grad without a job and doing classes online, they required me to do clinicals down in Southern California. So anyway, the cool thing with that was, and the reason I bring it up is my daughter was going to school down at Biola at that time. And she was living in a house and she had space for me. And it was just kind of neat to be able to spend some time stay with her. And so it was pretty neat. So I did get my bachelor's degree. And my last week of my bachelor's degree, I had a friend from my hometown who went to our church. We were friends. One day she texted me and she said, Watson Bell Hospital is hiring 12 new grads. You need to put your application in and she's going to interview people starting tomorrow. So her, I mean, I had like an hour to get in my application and my resume, which fortunately something we worked hard on in doing my BSN. Mm -hmm. So anyway, long story short, um, I did get one of those new grad positions, which was phenomenal because a new grad position basically gives you 12 weeks of training versus like two weeks of training. Wow. Yeah. Another time where I saw the Lord order my steps, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm never going to get a job. And then I get a job five minutes from my house. So it was really my dream. So now I have a job and now I'm working nights and I'm like, how am I going to work nights? Yeah. I got off nights within four months. I mean, I know people that didn't get off of nights for 10 years. And and then I'm like, okay, my husband travels a lot. Mm -hmm. God, I really need a per diem position because per diem means I can work six days in six weeks. So I can travel with him. I can tell them when I want to work. I have to work six days, but I can tell them which six days I want to work. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm 57 today. I have a day, 12 hour per diem job that is it's been, it was hard to visualize at the beginning, yeah. like, what is this going to look like? Right. You know, when I, I did have a couple other ideas beyond NICU. My original thing was adult ICU, but mm-hmm. I have a neat story on that too, of how the Lord just redirected me away from adults and um, especially at my age. And, you know, I'm somewhat fit. I'm fit for a 57 year old, but adult ICU, sometimes you have to support the weight of a man. And it's like the Lord just knew what I needed. Right. And he opened this specific, you know, because I I like the ICU aspect with the um, intensive care, but now I'm doing it with eight pounders and four pounders. Right. Right. 300 pounders. 
So when you didn't get a job right out of the associate's program, beyond getting to spend time with your daughter, in hindsight, why do you feel that was purposeful for you? For me, my two years with Azusa Pacific, I feel like, so my associate degree was at a public junior college, but my bachelor's was at a Christian school. Mm. And there were 15 people in my cohort um, that I was online with, and I had faith based instructors, which was a whole new idea for me. And to me, those relationships were really, really special because we were going through hard things together. Half the class actually um, of the 15, probably 11 of them had already had positions. So they were in ICUs and they were doing some of this intensive nursing, but they were getting their bachelor's because they were wanting promotions and Mm -hmm. So of our 15 that were four of us were trying to get a job and the other 11 of us were trying to get promotions, it was 15 out of 15 within a month or two after we finished our bachelor's degrees. So I think it definitely made me in some ways more marketable, Mm -hmm. you know, as a new hire. Mm -hmm. So what does the day-to-day look like for you now? So right now we've gone to 12-hour shifts. So I work seven shifts in six weeks. A week and a half ago, we had a really hard delivery. I So Thursday and Friday, I went in, had two 12-hour shifts. I was a postpartum nurse. I was taking care of moms and babies after they delivered. So I do a lot of that because our NICU census is low, but I'm also per diem, which the benefits of per diem are great, but also there's a few drawbacks in that I'm kind of the low man on the totem pole. I get canceled first or I get kind of pushed out of the NICU first. Mm-hmm. So when I get pushed out of the NICU, that means I'm doing postpartum, which I actually don't mind. And I'm growing in my confidence. So I was two days on postpartum. And then on Saturday, I got on call, which I loved. I needed a break. I just worked two 12-hour shifts in a row. Mm -hmm. And I get on call at 6.45 in the morning. At 11, they called me in. And um, I got there. And as I'm walking in, this is one of the hardest things for me about being on call is, you know, they tell me we have a bad baby and I need you to set up in the NICU and I, and then I need you to go to the operating room and see what they need there mm-hmm. because it was an emergency C-section and, um, huh, it was a really hard day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we get a very wide variety of very easy, very quick, very, um, no problem term baby deliveries. We also get some very early premature babies. Mm -hmm. So as a NICU nurse, I have three roles that I can find myself in. One of them is in the NICU taking care of babies. Mm -hmm. The other one is being at a delivery for the baby's sake in case they need any kind of resuscitation Mm -hmm. or support. And then the third one is the postpartum one I was talking to you about being with a mom and a baby. I would say most of my shifts have been, we call it resource, where I've been the nurse for the baby at the delivery. Mm -hmm. And can you tell me about a leap of faith you had to take to get where you are now? I think just getting the ball rolling was probably my biggest leap of faith. Mm -hmm. I was feeling quite comfortable being a stay-at-home mom with not a lot of responsibilities. My kids are raised and... Three of them are already through college. And so for me, it was a leap of faith, I think, just making the commitment to really be all in because it meant a loss of flexibility and having my own schedule. I think that was the biggest commitment. And 
and the biggest leap of faith. I feel like that was the initial decision. And after I made that decision, I just feel like I saw so many things unfold of how God ordered my steps. Yeah. And and that is a big trade-off. Raising kids is a lot of work and then homeschooling on top of it and being a very involved mom. You were definitely making a major life shift at that point. Yeah, I'm big about my responsibilities. So I didn't want to leave anyone behind. And I think just knowing that I had their support. And I think for me, it was kind of obvious that that God had given me the green light because of all the different ways things became available to me. Have there been any unexpected blessings, something you couldn't see for yourself in doing this? I would say kind of goes back to that little bit of a brotherhood and being in a profession that is very, very, very hard, mm-hmm. but also very, very, very rewarding. One of the nurses I worked with on Saturday, that was that really hard day. She had mm-hmm. been a nurse for 25 years and she said, this was my hardest. And wow. we cried together. You know, yeah. we all share the hard thing, the challenging thing. We had all these skills, but yet mm-hmm. even though we had all these skills, we still The neonatologist called us two weeks later and just said, thank you all. You did everything you could and there was nothing missing, you know, and it just to have that kind of a bond with people Mm -hmm. to me is something that you don't experience in a lot of normal functions of life. Um, My friend who recommended me, she and I worked together Mm -hmm. the other day and that's another blessing just to have somebody who was a good friend is now just a real solid colleague. Mm-hmm. I guess I never really thought about how important it would be to have that support system in your line of work. And the thing I keep thinking about is this is such a pivotal moment for families and it's exciting, but it can also be so scary. And I just picture you praying through the procedures and calling on God to be there. Absolutely. When you're a nurse in the position that I'm in, and I think in general, most nurses in acute care you're maxed out on your limits. I mean, I don't get an easy assignment because if anyone gets an easy assignment, then they must be able to send one nurse home and give two assignments to one nurse, you know? So it's always demanding. So for me, those first couple of years, I wasn't as available in my mind to pray because my mind was so occupied with all of the data points. Mm -hmm. And I feel like now that I'm, gaining more experience, I can stand back and, you know, I'll, I'll be in a C-section and you can see that the OB struggling to try to get the baby out and I'll just be able to sit and pray and, okay, God, you know, yeah. multiple times. And I do feel like that is a gift and I'm being able to experience that part of my career a little more recently than I used to. Mm-hmm. You mentioned earlier that God gave you the green light to do this and It just seems to me like he most definitely was preparing you to be his hands in those moments. So Anne, how have you seen God's hand in your career? That's interesting that you say that because when I was in nursing school in the associate program, we would have to go to different hospitals and do different clinical rotations. And my clinical rotation at the hospital that I'm at right now, my nurse, teacher nurse, she kept sending me to the NICU and I kept thinking, don't send me to the NICU. (laughs) (laughs) it's funny because that all kind of ties together when I was raising kids and I had a lot of girlfriends raising kids a lot of them wanted a video at their delivery and I 
I was probably at 10 or 12 of my friends, you know, deliveries and they, you know, videotaping. And it felt like that God was giving me and ordering my steps in a way such that I had many experiences in a room where babies were being born and, you know, new life and new family dynamics. Part of me resisted it for a time. Hmm. And it's interesting because that was like 10 years ago that I was being put in the NICU by that instructor and I work with her today. And it's pretty cool. You know, I just feel like it is an honor. Most of what I witness on many occasions is a deep and profound joy of a daddy meeting his child for the first time and and a mommy. But I just was thinking more towards this last time when witnessing that same, well, a deep and profound grief of Mm -hmm. a daddy and how he put his forehead on the baby's forehead. Mm -hmm. And that was his hello and his goodbye to his little one. And yeah, it's a privilege. That's going to make me cry. Thank you so much for being on this show. Mm -hmm. Thank you for asking. As I'm home with my last child, my baby, who is now a senior in high school, I gotta be honest, I'm tired. The thought of going back to school for such an intense profession would be too much for me. But I love that Anne got to rekindle a former passion. She was interested in medicine before having kids and, in hindsight, can see that she had more experience in the delivery room than originally thought. And though she may have resisted being there, I can't help but marvel at how God did in fact guide her steps, walking her into the very room he obviously wanted her to be, helping families in their most joyous and sometimes heartbreaking moments. For me, this is just another beautiful example of how God expects us to use our gifts to serve others. He has people in need and he's waiting for us to develop the skills we need to be there, to be his hands. Thank you, Anne, for what you do. Thank you for sharing your story with us. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Faithful Career Moves podcast. If you want to know more about how to connect your natural talents and abilities to job opportunities and business ideas, then visit our website at faithfulcareermoves.com. 